up. It's the rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Friday, January 21st. I know it's been a week. It's January. What do you want from me? All right. But uh, we're heading into the divisional round, and I wanted to get you set up for everything uh, with this weekend's action. Four great games, man. Four great games indeed. So we're going to just dive into the matchups here. I'll also talk about prize picks like I did last week on the show. Remember, ftndaily.com slash prize picks if you want to get in, get your deposit bonus, all that fun stuff. And then my prize picks edge tool. I actually just updated that right before I hit record here. So I got the freshest lines for you. Cincinnati and Tennessee kicking it off. And obviously, Tennessee does uh, head into this one. They're the number one seed as the favorite. Three and a half point line right now out there on DraftKings and FanDuel. 47 and a half over under in this one. Let's start on the Tennessee side. I was trying to wait this bad boy out to see if we would get any news. Uh, as of right now, well, no news just yet. <laughs> no news uh, in terms of Derrick Henry. That's what I was waiting for. But the rumblings are that he will be activated at some point today. And probably by the time you listen to this, he is activated. That's what I thought all along, that he was going to be uh, good to go here. And and it's kind of one of those like, oh, no, now you're all in trouble kind of moments. Uh, you get your guy back. You got the extra week to rest him. You know this offense runs through him. And honestly, earlier in the season when he was healthy before the injury, it looked like a, a Super Bowl-type team. Now, I'm not saying they were the absolute nuts, the absolute favorite, because we're also dealing with an AFC that has Kansas City and Buffalo in it. But they look like a Super Bowl-caliber team. Of course, we saw the volume. We know he will slide right back into his regular role. We're not going to see a ton of Deontay Foreman or... Uh, any of the other guys, McNichols, Hilliard, not going to see them. And it's a very favorable matchup. Cincinnati, 4.33 yards per carry to opposing backs in the regular season. They're going to have their hands full. Now, if you don't think Tennessee makes it to the Super Bowl, this might be the week to use Derrick Henry. I, I'll be clear on that one. Uh, as far as you know, DFS is concerned, if you're playing the full slate, you know Derrick Henry's going to cost you. He is the most expensive back on the slate, so I'll probably be slightly underweight on him there. Actually, you know what? No, I'll probably be right on. If like you, if you think 15 to 20 percent ownership, then I'll probably be right on that. Uh, as far as Tannehill is concerned, I'm not using Tannehill in any lineup where I'm using Henry. If I am using Tannehill, I'm going to build lineups with A.J. Brown. I think that's pretty obvious. Brown's matchup's not bad on the other side. Unless they use Chidobia Wuzier to shadow him, which I don't think they do, he'll see more Eli Apple than he will Wuzier, and that's good for A.J. Brown. As far as Cincinnati is concerned, I mean, we have a workhorse on the other side. Joe Mixon, 20.9 touches per game in the regular season. He had 21 last week, so he's basically right on that number. Now, he wasn't particularly effective on the ground, against the Raiders, but where we've seen the uptick recently is in the passing game. Over the last three, he has 17 catches over that span, which I think is is pretty good because he's going to need it. He's not going to be efficient in this one as well. Tennessee, the worst fantasy matchup for running backs in the regular season, just 3.78 yards per carry allowed. It's a tough one. Now, he'll still see volume, so I'm not going to completely outright fade him, but after last week, man, I was so heavy on him in DFS. I'll probably be light on him. His price point is better than Derrick Henry at 6,600 on DraftKings, but I'll probably be light on him. 
Uh, of course, Burrow, there's two phases of Burrow, right? I think the it's really easy for a lot of folks to just remember what he did in the fantasy football playoffs, where he single-handedly won a lot of folks their leagues, him and Jamar Chase and maybe some T. Higgins. But we also had Burrow right before that for several weeks was a complete liability. So just keep that in mind with Joe Burrow. Don't go overboard on him. I'm going to build some Burrow Chase lineups. I think I'll build a Burrow Chase uh, Tyler Boyd. Because Tyler Boyd's matchup out of the slot is pretty favorable here. Uh, maybe use some CJ Uzama as well. I'm not going to have Chase and Higgins in the same lineup. Prize picks going Joe Mixon over 16 and a half receiving yards. You're getting like four or five yards on the sports books there. So I think that's very favorable. San Francisco and Green Bay. Of course, right now, Green Bay heavily favored. This is the the, the largest spread on the board four or five and a half that is on both FanDuel and DraftKings 47 and a half over under on FanDuel 47 on DraftKings on the San Francisco side Elijah Mitchell has six straight games of 20 plus carries so you could figure he's probably in the mix for 20 plus carries here 27 last week for 96 and a score very solid DFS play I will be heavy on Elijah Mitchell uh, of course, Green Bay, the fifth worst fantasy matchup for running backs in the regular season, but 4.32 yards per carry. So he should be relatively efficient in this one on the ground. If I am using anything in the passing game, I'm not using Mitchell, but I, I really don't. I'm not going to use Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the only stack you have with Jimmy Garoppolo, by the way, is not Debo Samuel because Debo's doing most of his damage on the ground. It's George Kittle. So I'll use Debo without. Uh, Garoppolo, but that's about it. They should have Jair back, by the way, for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, on the other side, and that's for DFS purposes, by the way. On on the other side, uh, it's almost a 50-50 split in the backfield. You have 14.9 touches per game for Aaron Jones in the regular season, 13 for A.J. Dillon. I think both of those guys are used very similar. They, they, they both have a cap. I will say this. I'm using A.J. Dillon's prize picks of 38.5 rushing yards on the over, but that's such a low number that it's not really we're not looking at him as a big time fantasy factor with that number. Uh, as far as Rodgers is concerned, if you're using Rodgers, you're probably using Devontae Adams, but you are probably paying out the you know what for that. Maybe some price relief with Alan Lazard because, it, it, you know, we're not going to see Marquez Valdez Scantling in this one, but that's a little bit volatile. And I'm not going as far as using Randall Cobb. Now watch Randall Cobb scores like two touchdowns in this game. Uh, also, there were some lower Josiah DeGuara player prop lines out there. I haven't projected at 19 receiving yards, uh, but I think they've moved up since a couple days ago when, when I saw that, two days ago. Anyway, that should be an interesting one. But Sunday feels like the bigger of the two days for fantasy purposes. So we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll dive into the Rams and Bucks contest. Remarkable. I mean, that's the word I have. That's what comes to mind when I think of Cam Akers getting back on the field and not only playing, just this this close to a Achilles injury. You know, we're normally talking at least an eight month timetable here, and we're eight months is still a couple of months away for Cam Akers. But not only that, but looking as good as he did last week, it is truly remarkable. Truly remarkable. And honestly, I've been talking about this all week long. I do think that Akers poses a big challenge for this Tampa run defense. Tampa 
would be will be very effective against Sony Michelle. A between the tackles runner, man, Vita Vey is gonna eat that up all day long. But where you run into some problems with Akers is while he can certainly run between the tackles, he offers a much more dynamic skill set, more burst than what you have with Sony Michelle. And that is going to be challenging. At his price point, Cam Akers, his price point is reasonable enough where I do think you know some decent exposure to him makes a lot of sense. Of course, the question is, do you Cooper Cup or not? And um, you know, initially it was looking like there was a chance Sean Murphy Bunting was not going to play this week. Uh, he did manage to get back into practice yesterday as of Thursday. I'm taking a peek. I don't think I have a no, I don't have a Friday report yet. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting out there. It, 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 I mean, it's not like it, it moves us off of Cooper Cup, but it maybe moves Cooper Cup from me being heavy Cooper Cup, even at his price point, because he was going to face Antoine Winfield in the slot, in the slot, uh, to being reasonable Cooper Cup, you know, uh, probably right around um, ownership, which would I think it's probably going to be around thirty percent on this slate. I still think he can have a massive game. Of course, pairing him up with Stafford makes a lot of sense. If you wanted to double stack there, I actually think Higby is the double stack. Given his price point, Higby is one of the better plays on the entire slate. Given his price point and given that comparative to the rest of the position. Like running back, everything's pretty condensed this week. Wide out kind of is that after you get outside of sort of Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams. Like uh, Debo's kind of in no man's land in between them, but then it really condenses down, and it, and and so there isn't like standouts. But man, when you compare Tyler Higby to like Travis Kelsey at the top, Rob Gronkowski, even to Dawson Knox, he's nine hundred dollars cheaper than Dawson Knox, so it, it does be, make him a very appealing play. Uh, as for Tampa, I also was waiting to see about Leonard Fournette. The expectation is that he is activated as well, like like Derrick Henry. Right back out there, you know, last year he was almost off the team. He basically had one foot out the door, and then he righted the ship, and he was a big part of their win, you know, their their Super Bowl win, their, the whole run. He was phenomenal. I would expect him to step right back into the, the heavy workload that he sees. Now, his price point makes him on DraftKings very likely one of the, the most heavily rostered. He's at 5,700. I'll probably be a little light on him. Like the matchup's fine. It's a mid-pack matchup against the Rams. They're not as stout against the run as they are against the pass. They're much tougher on the pass. Uh, so keep that in mind. Brady, they're much tougher on the pass. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm rolling in this Brady Evans stack, well, first and foremost, being that the, the Bucks are so banged up at wide receiver, you know, you have Perryman and Grayson banged up. Obviously, you have no Chris Godwin, you have no Antonio Brown anymore. They're banged up. I think the Rams almost certainly use Jalen Ramsey, even if it's not the entire game. They're gonna they're gonna have Ramsey travel with Evans for a good chunk of this game. That puts a big damper on Evans. It also makes Gronk that much more appealing, but you know some volatility there. Man, Brady and Gronk in the playoffs though usually can't go wrong with that one. Just saying. So I'm gonna build a lineup like that uh, there with uh, those guys uh, in this game. All right, final game. Buffalo, Kansas City. Oh, boy. And actually, I didn't mention the line for the uh, the Rams game. So right now, it's a two-and-a-half-point spread on DraftKings, a three-point spread on FanDuel, 48-and-a-half over-under. 
one and a half on FanDuel, two on DraftKings for Buffalo and Kansas City. 53 and a half over under on FanDuel, 54 and a half over under on DraftKings. So it's going to be a high score, very likely. They combined for 58 points when they faced each other back in week five, but I don't think we can take much away from that game. These teams are very different than they were back then. And this, in a lot of ways, for fantasy purposes, is kind of our Super Bowl, right? These are like the, these are the two most explosive offenses remaining, and this is going to be fun. Last week was a huge surprise for Kansas City because Jarek McKinnon, well, shout out RBs don't matter. Uh, you know, shout out to you guys because Jarek McKinnon surprised everybody, came out and played one of the games of his life. He was awesome last week. He really was. Huge surprise. Now, of course, that was without Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who should be back this week. He's practicing in full, so I can't see a scenario where he isn't there. Daryl Williams looking unlikely at this point with a toe injury. I think this is one of those scenarios, like if you look on DFS, McKinnon, both of them, their prices are awesome. But there's just so much darn volatility that I don't know if I want to use either of them. Like, one and done's, I'm going to skip this backfield this week, especially because I think Kansas City does win. But um, it's a tricky one. As far as Mahomes is concerned, the Mahomes-Kelsey stack is too expensive for my taste. Mahomes-Hill stack actually is reasonable when you compare Tyreek Hill's price point to Cooper Cups, for example, and his ceiling is higher than Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's floor is enormous, but Hill has one of the highest ceilings. Hill and Jamar Chase have the two highest ceilings this weekend. Anyway, I could go with that. I mean, you could use Byron Pringle. He's nice and cheap. Or, you know, if I am going to, for some reason, use these running backs, then I'll probably fade Mahomes in that roster uh, if I do. I, I just, I, man, I can't, I can't without much of an indication of how the touches are going to be distributed. Because, it, heck, it could be McKinnon again. Or it could just be all Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Like, anything could potentially happen here. As far as Buffalo is concerned, uh, Josh Allen was so effective last week. And honestly, the matchup that we saw, this is why I'm saying we got to throw week five out because the secondary really wasn't playing well that back then. They are now. They've been a big part of the success down the stretch with the exception of the Cincinnati game. So, man, Allen is tricky. Allen and Mahomes are going to be the most heavily rostered. And I'll tell you this, like if I have Mahomes, I am not using any Kansas City back. And likewise, if I have Allen, I'm not using Devin Singletary. I I have to stack up in the passing game if I'm using either of these guys. Now, Allen, I think, is a little bit easier to stack. The price point on on Diggs is, is decent. The price point on uh, uh, Knox is solid. I probably won't use anybody else outside of those guys, just because, I mean, you're having a cannibalization with Emmanuel Sanders and Gabriel Davis. You don't really, and you kind of have that with McKenzie and Cole Beasley as well. So if I'm going to use anybody, it's Allen with Diggs, Allen with Knox. I guess I don't hate both, but you're going to need to find salary relief if you do that, if you double stack. Instead, my approach, I'm actually probably fading Allen more so in this one because I'm going to go after Singletary. At least 17 touches in each of his last five games, 20-plus in three of those games, and the Chiefs' run defense is allowing 4.65 yards per carry to opposing backfields. It shapes up really well for Singletary. I do love that one uh, right there. By the way, I I missed the prize picks from the other game, so I'll give you both the prize picks for the the Sunday games altogether. But I'm going to go heavy on Devin Singletary. I will. Heavy on Devin Devin Singletary, for sure, against this Kansas City 
defense. Prize picks wise, I'm actually going over on 42 and a half receiving yards on Odell Beckham Jr. in the other game. He went over that last week. And I do think, you know, he doesn't have to do much. It doesn't have to have a massive day to get you over 42 and a half. But Patrick Mahomes passing yards line for the final one for prize picks, it's 271 and a half. That's 10 yards lower than what you're finding on sportsbooks. I will take those extra 10 yards all day long. I have said it all along. I'm sticking to my story. I'm picking the Titans to win. I am picking the Packers to win. I am picking the Buccaneers to win and the Chiefs. And that one is so difficult, but I am picking them to win. And if they do win, I think it's going to be really on uh, on the arm of Patrick Mahomes. And so he blows by that number right there. So there you go. Divisional round. Of course, I have player props up over at FTNBets.com. I have the prize pick stuff over at FTNDaily.com and projections over at FTNFantasy.com. And remember, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, hashtag Rat Pack. All right, I'll catch you next week for another edition of The Pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.